Three Sides of the Coin this week. Charlie Benante from Anthrax is back, and we're playing a game that Mark invented. Remove three and add three. But it's not just in general. You'll have to pay attention. you got to pay attention. It's a fun game. Play along with us. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. I'm one of the three knuckleheads, Michael Branvold. I'm along with Tommy Summers and Mark Cicchini. We got a cool special guest this week. Uh, before we get to that, just a couple real thing, quick things. Um, Mark's got a, a, an album coming out, Left for Dead. By the time you're watching or listening to this, the pre-orders should be up on places like Amazon and iTunes. But you can get all the info. We talk further about the album at the end of the show, but you can get all the information on this by following Left for Dead on Facebook or Three Sides of the Coin. We're going to have all the information everywhere on Three Sides of the Coin. So, uh, yeah, check out Left for Dead, some killer classic metal songs. Um Tommy, any comments? We got some. We're getting some great yeah. feedback on the Dennis DeYoung episode. We really, we really did, and I want to, I want to share a few of them. Uh, first one's from uh, Melinda Murphy, and this is on YouTube. I love Kiss and Sticks. What a fun interview with Dennis DeYoung. He was so gracious and funny. I love how passionate Mark gets about his music. All three of you deserve a bucket of extra crispy chicken. Yes. I listen to you guys nearly every week, and your content has never been better. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for making Tuesdays a little bit better. Please bring Ralph back sometime. He's hysterical. Thank nice. you, Melinda. Melinda, thank um, you. Yeah, and then um, a lot of people are, like I said, a lot of people are loving it, saying, wow, this is fantastic, and on and on and on. Uh, Dr. Detroit, Sticks was untouchable in the 70s. Their anthems were and are unparalleled. Dennis DeYoung's voice and Tommy and uh, JY's dueling guitars are on par with any band that ever graced the stage. As a bonus, their songs tended to be relatively long, which the young today can't imagine. I saw them many times over the years. Dennis DeYoung still has serious pipes. Great sojuns. So thank you also, Dr. Detroit. I wanted to, I wanted to read a couple as well. Um, okay. What about Rob? Simple. Yes. Excellent. Proving why three sides is podcast royalty. Thanks, gentlemen. And then uh, Chris, sorry. Yeah. Michael Branvold, I was in the same camp as you when Mark was talking about snowball. <laughs> I, I learned the term from clerks and thought Mark was talking about that type of snowball. <laughs> Same thing happens when people, especially women, talk about playing cornhole. I always end up making the what the F face and telling them it's called beanbags, not cornhole. <laughs> oh, if you, and if you guys haven't seen the movie Clerks and Clerks 2, you owe it to yourself to do so. There are so many fantastic one-liners in those movies. I've never seen either. Again, like I said, I'm, I don't see a lot of movies. But when I like a movie, I get all into it. But yeah, I've right. Really so you'd love those. That's I right probably, up there. Again, that's, that's, that, that, should, that should be a good like um, homework question at some, po some point. 
Mar- movies Mark should have seen because they're funny as hell. Because that's like my favorite genre. Because I like comedies. Comedy is like my number one oh, yeah. thing. It's just a bunch of dorks working at a, a convenience store and I, a how, video store. I, been, I know the premise. How come I don't? How come have I haven't seen it? Time. Have you seen Tommy Boy? Oh, I love it. Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? Tommy Boy is classic, classic, classic. Brilliant, brilliant movie. But yeah, that's the whole, it's, you know, really quick, because I'm the one who's like, it is Taco Tuesday. It's it's the it's Cinco de Mayo today when we're recording this. Liz has been down twice. You will see me look over because she's like, we have tacos on the table. Let's go, Chubby. You know, so uh, that's what's that's what's going on here. But uh, yeah, but, you know, I don't like movies like uh, what's the one that everybody is like Gaga over. And I think it's the stupidest fucking movie ever. I matter of fact, Liz and I walked out. Oh, the Big Lebowski. That is the worst movie ever made. I, I didn't find like thirty seconds of that that were entertaining. I can't comment one way or another because I don't know if I've even seen it. That, I like that, the Big Lebowski, but you you you, you have to have you got to be in the right frame of mind to watch it to understand it. But it's just I just want to laugh. I just want. I don't give a fuck about because I. You see it's, a it's, lot of times there's memes and stuff. It's more of a. It, it's not a thinking comedy per se, but it's kind of one of those things where if you can sit back and you're watching it in the right frame of mind, there's some really funny lines in that film. But yeah, it's 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 definitely different. Um, all right, so I want to mention real quick and just throw this out here, and and this could be a homework question. So I just shared some news today on Three Sides World that the upcoming brand new Enough's Enough album. Ace Fraley is a guest appearance on one of the songs, which is cool. But can somebody explain to me his credit is track seven, and I kid you not, this is what it says, inaudible lead guitar. I'll ask Pat. What the hell is an inaudible lead guitar? Does that mean we just want to use his name and we we pulled the levels down because it was... We didn't want to hear it? I don't know. I've never heard that term before, seen that term before, inaudible lead guitar. Mike, Tommy, and I were the inaudible lead singers on the record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're credited. Or... Yeah, yeah. You know, the three of us are on, on Origins 2 credited as inaudible background vocals. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know either. That's I don't just, have a clue. And and I don't know, it seems appropriately funny that it's related to Ace. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so special guest returning, I don't know, second or third time, Charlie Benante from Anthrax sits down with us, and we play a really fun game this week that Mark made up all by himself, and he... Pretty much follows the rules, although we had to give him a hard time initially because he kind of didn't want to. Rules. <laughs> Let Let's just say the game the game is remove three and add three, and you got to watch the rest of it to figure out the exact details. But it was a really good geeky kiss discussion. You know, this it was very was. much like Mr. Rhoda's episode. Yeah, we yeah. got geeky. Because yeah. I saw some really nice comments on that, on that episode too, where they liked the dare I say mature sort of uh, the, yeah the intelligent um, discussion yeah which look, look three sides and intelligent you know don't go together those things do not go together no. never no but 
some of you thought so, and some of you actually liked it. So, hey. This I'll this is, this is a good discussion. Trust yeah. me, this was really fun talking about this game with Charlie, and he played along great with it. Oh, he jumped right in. Yep. It was awesome. Yep, yep, yep. So because he's a dork, just like we are. And 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 listen, I'll I'll give you the heads up. Mark didn't go fanboy. Finally, not like because he did. Not like he did last week. Yeah, Mark, Mark considers himself good friends with Charlie now, so he doesn't go fanboy on him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, really quick. The whole thing about fanboy sometimes, like, do do I think we're, I hope we eventually will have Ted Nugent back on, but I'm getting my fucking licks in before we, he doesn't, do, you know, if he never comes back or he has a bad time. Same thing with Dennis DeYoung. I don't know if he'll ever come back in, so I got to get my fucking licks in. Charlie's third time now. I now know that, you know, Charlie will probably be back again. He had fun. We had fun. Yep. He's a kiss nerd just like we are. So, yeah. So I guess I don't have to, you know, kind of geek out too much because I know I'll have another chance. I, I, I will say when we were done playing the game, I asked him one final question about anthrax touring with kiss on the crazy nights tour. And what was that all about? And what did he think? And it was kind of a fun little discussion yeah. he, he kind of had some expressions that tell you a lot tell you everything without saying a word <laughs> exactly um all right so let it roll charlie benante from anthrax want to get your official three sides of the coin logo and shocker tee now you can we ship worldwide get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com <laughs> All right, three sides. Welcome back. I don't know. Is it two, three times? As as Mark was saying earlier, he's a uh, he's as regular as Peter Arquette, just a different haircut. There you go. There you go. Charlie Benante. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming and sitting with us. Welcome back. Welcome back. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> oh, a nice little Devo, uh, nice little Devo reference. I love that one. So, 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 Charlie. Before, no, Akron. <laughs> yes. Before correct, we correct. Um, get into geeking out on Kiss again, how are you uh, surviving all of this lockdown? Is it uh, a challenge for you and the band? Actually, it's been um, a different thing for me. I've been really creative, like just putting together these quarantine jams and working on new material so for me it's kind of helped in in a sense where i don't have to worry about getting on a plane or anything i'm just you know i feel like i'm like a teenager again coming home from school just playing you know listening to stuff and um if it's if it showed me anything it's like i really don't need to be on this thing yeah 24 7 and uh be more creative and pay attention to more important things than who's tweeting about who and you know stuff like that that must be really freeing it is it, it's uh it's it's almost like uh we needed something like this to happen but not in this way if you right. know what i mean right 
Yeah, but something that gets everyone to think about what's really, truly important. Right. What is important? Because um, uh, I caught up on so many different things, but I, I, I was watching this uh, this show. Um, it's called The Marvelous Miss Maisel. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yep, I haven't seen, seen it, one. but I know it. Yeah. So really it takes good. place in like New York in 1950s, late 50s, when these things didn't exist. And I come from New York and some of these places that they were hitting are landmarks in New York. And it just made me think about it that time when there was no distractions. It was all about life and going out and playing with friends and stuff like that. And I don't know if... Uh, kids nowadays are ever going to have that same experience as we had, you know, running to a record store, getting that record, opening it up, smelling the the paper, you know, just stuff like that. And I just think back to a time when that was and maybe we're being so uh, absorbed with things nowadays, we should stop and just go back and just, you know, take things, no, don't take things for granted anymore. It, it, you know, it's, it's, really it's, it's, it's like it's all about we've been given this again. I don't want this to sound bad with what we're all going through right now, but we've been given the gift of time right now. You know, prior to all of this, especially for somebody like you, when you're touring or you're doing album promotions or whatever, it's go, 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 go. You've got no time to do anything. It's you know, your your schedule is all planned out. Now, all of a sudden, everybody has been given this opportunity of you got all the time in the world for yourself right now and right. take advantage of it. And whatever that might be that you enjoy the time, whether it's playing drums, whether it's writing, whether it's playing with kids, remember what it's like to have that time made available to you to enjoy stuff. And it reconnect. That's, yeah. that's a big thing because uh, I speak to people more now than I ever did because it's like, hey, what's going on? How are you dealing with this? Hey, you want to be part of this? Hey, you want to do that? And another thing, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, is like we, we are spending more time with our families or, or, or kids that we probably wouldn't be doing Um It's funny because, you know, we sit down and we have dinner every night and, you know, my daughter's not upstairs talking to her friends. We're doing, again, back to 1950s, you know, it's uh, so it's good. I'm sure people are spending more time with their kids, whether that's good or bad. I don't know. (laughs) I I, I, listen as 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 a father of a six year old, I love more all the time, but I want to know that there's an end to this when I can not spend 24-7 with a six-year-old. <laughs> you know well, what I'm I, saying? <laughs> Mike, what yeah. you just said is, is see, because I'm the direct opposite of that. Because I just said this to Liz the other day. I said, if I knew on you know May 5th that we just ramped up this. I own my own business, Charlie. I own a contractor. It's been hell because sure. I, I went... I had to lay my employees off. I I have went the last six weeks paying out literally over $10,000 worth of first quarter taxes, liability insurance, which I went on my insurance company and went, hey, because my policy's up in August. And I'm like, um, <laughs> I have no liability right now. That better be reflected 
if you know what a, a liability audit is, they go back and they see what kind of work you did. And I'm like, I better get credited for this. In other words, it's been a very stressful time. It's been the complete opposite of what a lot of people have. We're ramped up again. We started back on Friday. So today's the third day back with full crews. And I've been making sure in the off time that I had work to go back to. Because I was like yep. trying to keep a couple weeks worth of work ahead of me. So I'm very happy that a lot of my friends, honestly, I mean this is as sincere as I can be. I have I've heard that a lot and I think it's wonderful. And honestly, I but that hasn't been my experience, not by a long shot. It's been extremely right. stressful. Um I matter of fact, I uh not to get too personal, I just you know that that uh the funds for small business. Yeah. I was finally allowed in the queue and finally back. I've been stressing about that losing sleep like you wouldn't believe. It's been brutal. So I'm happy to this is that's one of the great things about doing this and just music in general. You know, it's given me some outlet to take some of that. But that's always been the case for me though. You know, music has always been my my outlet. Um, it's the savior it's all of ours <laughs> in many ways it it is so anyways enough of that stuff uh i came up with this little silly game today and and i and i kind of did it in honor of charlie because i think you mentioned once in the past that after kiss alive 2 fandom waned a bit yep. yeah to be fair um so i was thinking what would be kind of cool for Charlie. And then I was like, you know, this is pretty, I think this is pretty sweet. So what we're going to do today, and you guys can do this at home, and I'm sure this will end up being one of the homework questions. But if you could go back in time, and you had full opportunity to tell Kiss, <laughs> tell you what, I'm going to take three songs off of Kiss Alive, and I'm going to replace them with three songs. doesn't matter if it's off of the debut, Hotter Than Hell, or Dressed to Kill. They can all be all from one record or two, whatever. doesn't matter. But you're going to replace three songs, take them off alive, and pick something from one of those three records. And then the same thing's going to happen for Kiss Alive 2 from Destroyer through Love Gun. You're going to go to Kiss Alive 2. You're going to take three songs off Kiss Alive 2 and replace them with three songs from either Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, or Love Gun. And I want to know what everyone's songs are and why. So, uh, Charlie, you want to start with Kiss Alive? Well, uh, just one thing about Kiss Alive. They did put Let Me Know was in the set, mm-hmm. but it didn't didn't make it on Kiss Alive, although I have a version of it that sounds yeah, like from Kiss Cleveland. Alive. Yeah, love it. I love that version. And um, Alive was way harder for me to do than Alive 2. Me too. <laughs> uh, because Alive 2 is just a lot of filler, I felt. like and Almost like phoning it in for me, some of those songs. Like Tomorrow and Tonight, really? You couldn't put Flaming Oh, you know, that's that's definitely one of mine. That's, 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 that's hitting the highway for sure. Yeah. So, so I'm going to break down Alive and... Now the thing about Alive is is the way that it sounds, that the treatment that that Eddie Kramer put on that record, that the the sound of Kiss was like, oh my God, it was like, 
bombast. <laughs> it was just such a great sound. And that was the one thing about that record that I loved is the, the sound of it. This they, they sounded so raw and just like hungry and just powerful. Um, so, of course, I wouldn't change the intro. The intro stays the same because it's just fucking classic. So the one that I felt came out first would be Hotter Than Hell. And, and I put in Coming Home because I think it's such a great song and live it probably would have taken on another life. Um, and they probably would have extended it too because it's a shorter song. But I love that song. I've always loved that song. Um, the next one coming out was really tough for me, which was nothing to lose because I love, I love that song. I love that the bell work. Oh, and awesome. the way I love the way Peter sings in that song too, almost like it's his song, you know. Um, and it's so different from the first album. And that's the that's the other thing about those songs; they took on another life at this point um, because you figured nothing to lose was from the first album, so they had what, three years, two and a half years to kind of tour and play that song until it was a different animal, you know? Well, the solo section is extended off from yeah. the, the studio version, too. Which is awesome. <laughs> like, Ace really shines on that one, too. It's like, a, it's a it's a typical Ace solo, but it's just, it's done so well. So, so again, I, I've taken out Hotter Than Hell, taken out Nothing To Lose. Here's a tough one, Rock Bottom. Uh, wow rock bottom's coming out and oh look at the time (laughs) (laughs) i'm putting in room service Uh, i can't take i can't take out anything else because i can't take out rock and roll all night because if you heard that album for the first time that was the song that kind of was on the radio and right they they needed that song on that record so how could you take that one out? I can't take out Let Me Go Rock and Roll because it's just such a, a wonderful piece. It's, 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 uh, it's such a live version. So I can't take anything else out. I can't take out Parasite. It's the heaviest fucking thing on the record. I can't take out She because it's, it's totally different from Dress to Kill. So, And Got to Choose is still one of my favorite Kiss songs. So that can't come out. What you you so you gave us coming home, and room service. What was the what oh. other song did you hear? Uh, yeah, the other one was all the way because I felt if that got the alive treatment, it'd be right up there with Strutter and you know. So now I'm gonna get ridiculed. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's funny because I have different picks than you do for pretty much everything, and I actually am kind of. Sup- happily surprised, I guess, because, <laughs> well, no, because it would it would have been boring if we all would have picked the same thing. You know right. what I mean? And there's one song, and I'll get to it when it's my turn, but one song I'm, I'm surprised you didn't pick, and I, we'll get to that when it's my turn, unless um, Tommy or Michael, you want to go? Or? I'll go. Did someone, get, someone pick uh, Strange Ways? Because I didn't pick that purposely. Yeah, that <laughs> um, so I'll go. I mean, it's it's no... It, 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 it's no surprise to any of our listeners, Kiss Alive is not my favorite Kiss Live album. Because, again, I got into Kiss post-Kiss Alive. It was an album that I went back and discovered. Kiss Alive 2 was the 
live album that I first heard and I first got into from the Destroyer and the rock and roll era. So Kiss Alive was was a little bit, I don't know, I wouldn't say more challenging, but, you know, thinking about, I'll start with the songs I would remove. Um, and I'm just going off of songs that just have never connected with me in 40 years of being a Kiss fan. Um, Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I just, I've just never been a fan of that song. But, but let me preface this by saying, you know, Kiss Alive is a damn solid set list as it is. So it's pretty freaking tough to pull anything out. There is there isn't the obvious clunker in here that you could go, oh, yeah, just fuck everybody gets that song out. So let me go rock and roll would come out. Um I would probably go with nothing to lose as well. It's just been a never really connected with me. Um now it gets tough for the third song. You know, I love Hotter Than Hell. I love Parasite. She watching you. I might, I might have to go with Rock Bottom. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great song, but I think there's a lot stronger songs for my taste on there already. So those are the three I'm taking out now. Putting in, I actually put together a list of like six potential songs to put into Alive. Right. Um, but narrowing it down, um, Mainline, love Mainline, <laughs> always have loved Mainline. Um, all the Way, I'll go with you on that one. And, uh, boy, it's a, it's a toss-up between strange, ra- strange Ways and Room Service. I would probably tip the hat to Room Service. I, now, just you know, I guess the best way to do this is once you're finished, we'll critique it. Let, I'm going to piggyback what Charlie said. The "Let Me Go Rock and Roll" is untouchable, just because they took a basically almost a two-minute song and made it into a showstopper. You know that whole yeah. added part at the end. Just it's a whole new is, song. That that always is jam cool. It's one of those things that Kiss is so good at. Um, especially if you play in a band, you'll, you'll understand this. Something that sounds so simple isn't. That timing and everything, especially as a drummer is right on, that, that part where Gene breaks down with Peter, that don da don da don da don when you hear that, your hair on your arms, and then that bum bum dum dun 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 bum bum dum and you've got to be in perfect time for that to get yeah. that effect. And, and again, that's not part of the song, and that's one of those parts of Kiss Alive that transports transports it into to me the greatest live album ever made. I mean, to me actually the greatest album ever made. If I would if I only if I have to die tomorrow and only allowed to listen to one more record, it's Kiss Alive for the million and one time. You, know, that <laughs> you just hit me on the me. phone the other day, it was live and sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna tell me that's play. like poison or something? Huh? Village people. <laughs> wow. Village people have a live album. I was gonna say, how you do you know, how do you how do you how do you know that, that Tommy? <laughs> well, because I saw it on Mark's I saw it on Mark's playlist. I'm like, what's this? <laughs> what do you guys think of Mike's uh, what Mike's what Mike's list? And but before you critique it, let me just say that 
you know, when it came to let me go rock and roll, it was kind of, and, and again, this is not news to anybody who listens. I'm not a massive 100,000 years fan. So it was, <gasps> was 100,000 years or let me go rock and roll. But between those two songs, 100,000 years is so much better to me. So, again, it was, it was actually kind of tough to figure out what to pull out of Kiss Alive because, you know, you're basically got the entire first album on there. And it's like, there's not really, yeah. for the, for the most part, there isn't a bad song on that first album. I, you know, I can't, you can't pull out cold gin. You can't pull out black diamond. Can't well, pull out. You could, but no one's saying, no, no, right. You technically you could, but it, you know, it's, it's just, it was so tough. It was a tough one actually for me. Even as I'm not the hugest fan of it, it was it was difficult. So critique. I, I I get where you're coming from. I you know the only thing I would disagree with was the let me go rock and roll, and to Mark's point earlier, it's just I love that jam. Absolutely love that jam. To yeah. me, that makes it because that changes the song. And I've said this before. I'm not a fan of the first three records in the respect of the way they sound recorded specifically hotter than hell but i love the songs so to me when i hear those songs from the first three records on alive those songs come alive for me it just changes everything i uh, every way i view that song it just makes it magical yeah me too so and it, yeah the, the 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 point about let me uh, go rock and roll there's that there's that section where gene and peter break down the song and it becomes really dynamic and then what happens after that, when Paul and Ace take over and they kind of trade back and forth on these little guitar things, and then, bam, it just elevates that song to a different song. Um, and I just picture that song, and I picture Confetti, too, coming down when I'm listening to it and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it took on a whole new life from Hotter Than Hell, which I agree. It, that, um, to me, doesn't sound well but the songs are great yes exactly that's why that's where the hotter than hell songs sound much better is on kiss alive yeah it got that yes. like i said it got that treatment that alive treatment that eddie kramer brought to it and i don't care if they re-recorded that album because uh to me it's it, it makes sense to me because if you listen to some bootlegs back in the day you know those guys were so active that you know, there's clunkers here and there, so who cares if they went back in and fixed it? Yeah. I don't care. I just I just want something that I still, 40-plus years later, I'm, I'm listening to it and enjoying it. Me too. Just like the first time I heard it. So to me, that's the end goal, I think. You know, And for me, just those early records, at least like even with Dress to Kill, if you have an enhanced system with bass, you can give that a little more bottom end when you're listening to it it's kind of tinny in a way like some of the early cheap trick records are but the hotter than hell i can't fix it there's just nothing i can do to make it sound right even acoustically like on the on the unplugged some of those songs sound so much better just in that version to me than than the originally recorded one and you know i don't know if it's basically the drum sound that is is bad on that record it's horrible. Um, That's what it is. It, 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 because the way the first album was recorded, uh, you, know, you hear the drums clear as you know yeah. as day, and yeah. then when Hotter Than Hell, like it, it just sounds like they 
uh, tracked it and then bounced it, bounced it, bounced it, bounced it. And then they got, it got lost somewhere. And yeah, it just doesn't sound good. But how do you even make, you know, your snare drum sound like that? It, it, it sounds, I don't know. You guys are the drummers, but it just sounds like the, the, the snare head is wound so tight. It, it, there's no, no. What Charlie's talking about bouncing, you bounce it from track to track. Say, say, and I don't know what sort of equipment there. You probably sixteen track back in the day. They'd use all the tracks for the drums, and then they'd knock all that down to two tracks. So now you have yeah. another. You know, if it's a sixteen track, now you have fourteen tracks for vocals, guitars, bass. I don't know what the thing is, but that that like what Charlie just said. That's what happens a lot of times to drums. Is they 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 have to free up other tracks so they mix them down and if you do it enough it like charlie said it just turns to mush like they used to do that uh they did that a lot on the beetle records back in the day and then so for them they only had four maybe eight tracks to deal with so let's say ringo would record his track and then that track it sounded it, it would sound so amazing but it would get taken down to to this and then everything's on top of it. So they would have to overdub a snare drum because they would lose the snare drum and kick drum. So I think maybe that's what happened to Hotter Than Hell. Uh, because, yeah, the, the drum sound on that is just, you can't save it. So then if you look at something parallel in time period, how was it that even the earlier Led Zeppelin records seemed to hold that bottom end so much better? Kramer. <laughs> he, well the other thing you had jimmy page jimmy page was a genius in the studio from everything that i've read about jimmy page him and eddie kramer the way they worked together jimmy would would uh invent different ways of micing things and he, jimmy was a part of the mix for every led zeppelin so th that's what it is with kiss i mean think about dress to kill they had the head of their label mix the record yeah yeah. Because they probably had no money. That's right. exactly why. And and that's what it all came down to. So, I mean, even those Wicked Lester demos sound better than Hotter Than Hell. Right. And that's so disheartening for me as a fan because I look at, you know, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which was recorded oh. in 1973. That is just still to this day. It's like unbelievable. And then you listen to Hotter Than Hell and it's just like... But you know, I mean, you gotta gotta keep in mind for Fudge hotter it. for hotter than hell. You know, the guys in Kiss were were essentially kids. The, you know, yeah. the, yes, yes, at least they've had a little experience in the studio, but not not like sitting behind a board. They've lended background vocals and stuff like that. So they probably at that time didn't have enough personal experience and knowledge to no. even go. Is that going to be bad is that going to be a problem is it sounds it's like no they probably sat back and it's like you're the producer you must be the right. expert so i'll right. just trust you on this period too that that was and almost it was just a little bit more but in a year's time they had to record three albums worth of stuff yeah uh, yeah <laughs> that's you, you think they had time to sit and listen to the mixes and critique them fuck no yeah, as soon as they were done <laughs> recording they were back out on the road for hear six the finals weeks. till they were on the road yeah and, you know what i mean but the thing about uh, Dress to Kill, it's such a drastic sound change compared to Hotter Than Hell. Yeah. Dress I, to Kill I, is more poppy. 
it's it's uh, it seems like they each song was was performed the same exact way, and like the mixes for the for those songs were just like it's the same mix for every song. That, that's true. Um, and the, the the funny thing uh, about Dress to Kill, which I read something that Paul. Uh, he talks about the recording of the guitars on Dress to Kill, and some of the guitars have acoustic with the electric. Yeah. Because he read something about, I think it was the Guess Who or Backman Turner Overdrive, that Backman they, Turner. it was, about, yeah, and they put acoustic with the electric and it fattened things up. And you could hear that in Come On and Love Me. Yeah. That's the song most of all you can hear that in. Yeah, which, uh, to me, that song sounds the best on that record. Well, you know, also, too, going back to Neil Bogart producing, look at the background he came from. Yeah, he exactly. Came from he came from bubblegum bubble music. and yeah, Bubblegum music. I, I think he thought, you know what, if I can get them, because trust me, I'm sure Neil Bogart, when he heard Hotter Than Hell, regardless of how good the songs were, that must have went, I can't put this on the radio. I don't, know, I don't know this music. I don't know what yes. to do with this. And I think right. one of the re- – well, plus for money's reasons. why I actually asked Bill Coin about that once, and he's, they didn't have any money. And they were, they were actually arguing – they were at loggerheads um, at that point, a coin and, and Bogart. That's – you know, Neil thought he'd go in there and handle everything. And if you – like you said, that's a real – simple mix in in a lot of ways you hear everything you're like like charlie says night and day i mean that is the 180 of 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 hotter than hell and that didn't happen on accident no no didn't (laughs) and you mentioned sorry go ahead no no it's almost like that scene in in the wonders you know or whatever what that thing you do i want something poppy i want something that i can play on the radio you couldn't say that about hotter than hell no. I mean, for as great as a song like Let Me Go Rock and Roll, which is, you know, they released as a single and everything, but it just sounds like shit. You you would have put that on next to, you know, basically anything that was going on in 1974. It didn't sound like that, you know. Well, we we, no. we, we, we know the story behind Kissin' Time. I mean, that, that, that was the whole, that was Neil Bogart coming in and saying, I want you to write a song that we can use to promote the radio stations that are playing you. And again, you got you got a bunch of eighteen-year-old kids going. Okay, we don't like it, but okay, you're the boss, you're the label president, you've got the experience. We'll follow you. It, you know, it was definitely those first three albums were Kiss finding themselves and finding the people who understood what Kiss was about. I mean, right. and I'm not saying yeah. that 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 Neil Bogart didn't get Kiss. Because he obviously believed in them deeply, but you know they didn't have a production team around them for those first three albums that understood what Kiss should be, as opposed to what they wanted them to be. Yeah, but I don't even know if Kiss knew what they wanted to be. It, You're right. It, it, it was it was be, uh, because if you think about, they had such this uh, huge success with Alive, and then what did they do after Alive? They go with Bob Ezrin, who completely yep. changed everything. Changed, changed it again, and as great as Destroyer is, it's still for me. It doesn't sound like Kiss uh, that raw power. And I remember being kind of like, I love Detroit Rock City. Don't get me wrong, but there was, I don't know, it, it had its moments, and then. Thank God Rock and Roll Over came out because that saved it. Yeah. 
Well, and, and it's not that they're the only ones guilty of this. Like if you look at the really early Alice Cooper records, they've had some hit and misses on those as well. It's just I think the, the issue for me with Hotter Than Hell is I love those songs so much that it's just kind of frustrating that we have it the way we do. Right. You know, so to me, that's what makes a live so great. It's like having a copy of a bootleg live show and it's a fifth generation. You're like, God, if I could just get the first gen (laughs) or a master copy, it would be oh so much better. Because for me, if all the music I listen to, it always starts with the drums, the bottom line, because I want that full sound. And I don't care if it's a pop record or it's a country record or if it's a, a metal album. And so whenever it sounds like it's produced through a tin can, it's just kind of, it loses a lot for me. And it's kind of like uh, it for different reasons, but this is probably more aimed to Charlie or anything, but I love born again. The song is on that off the Sabbath record. I I know, but how horrible is that fucking make? It was nice because they kind of tweaked it a little bit with the remaster that they, they put out, but, the demos that they put out actually are because those songs are so fucking good. But that I remember the first time I put that on, I, I actually put it back. Like I brought it home. I listened to like, I think I got through side one and I'm keep in mind too. go back to timeline. Like I say, you're coming off of, you know, uh, heaven and hell and then mob rules. When you put fucking born again on in that order, motherfucker yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound anything like the same no, it, it's a different animal um but you know you guys were saying things before like well it was 1973 and 1974 but every aerosmith record sounds to me fucking awesome you know what i mean jack douglas jack well, douglas tried getting jack Doug- that's how they got as that's how Ezra got involved you know they wanted jack douglas jack douglas wouldn't come I think Jack Douglas would have been awesome because that first Cheap Trick record is so raw and powerful. Um, but again, Cheap Trick in color is kind of like hotter than hell. The sound to me is a little weird. I was, and I was thinking of that exact thing when we were talking about hotter than hell. Same with Cheap Trick, the first three records. Uh, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, like, uh, Tommy, you inadvertently brought up the Alice Cooper thing. School's Out is a lot more sludgy than than you know love it to death is and look how refined that that um billion dollar babies is very much like destroyer where everything's layered and he brought in dick wagner and and, and hunter and i mean those records in a lot of ways are their are sister records but billion dollar babies and kiss not that the songs sound the same but the production values have ezrin stamp all over it well, yeah, and they change dramatically. One doesn't yeah. sound like the next, you know, which also I suppose could be a curse because, you know, I, I, I remember listening to someone uh, give an interview that was in Rat, and they were just like, okay, after the third record, we're like, what's the point? They all sound exactly the same. And same I'm formula. assuming, well, and in a band, I'm, I'm assuming, does Anthrax, do, the, do you guys strive? Uh, from a creative standpoint to to do something different with every record even though you want to sound like anthrax do you try or no yeah you try to you try and top the last one but like i always say how do you know you're topping the last one 
until you get that public, you know, response, you know, so you can feel so confident. Oh, this is the greatest thing. And, you know, you do your interviews. This is the greatest album we've ever done. And then you put it out and people are like, I don't like this too much. And all of a sudden you go like, yeah, maybe it's not that good. Persistence was a lot darker than um, State of Euphoria. I mean, a lot darker in, in many ways. But there's a reason for that, too, of, of what happened a year prior leading yeah. up to that. We were going through some weird times where, uh, let's take like the European press. They built us up, they built us up, and then all of a sudden they were ready to just tear us down. I mean, when we were doing interviews for that record, they weren't even talking about the music. They were asking us, why do we smile in pictures? Why do you wear these colorful shorts? Uh, (laughs) They were just asking us questions that were like, what does it have to do with the record? So it didn't matter what we put out. It just, you know. So that whole thing really kind of made us go back a bit. And that's why that record is kind of darker. Makes sense. That's how it happens. Yeah, that's just weird that they would key in on stuff like that. Especially the German press. They would just, they they didn't care about anything. They just wanted to like, yeah, we don't like you too much. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We loved you two years ago. Now, now maybe not so more. Well, I suppose people so, change. So, Tommy, your turn. Okay, well, I of the four of us, I'm the one who's going to get reamed on this. People <laughs> are going to go crazy. All right. As so long as you these don't are say three. We're good. <laughs> I, as long as I what? As long as you, I said, as long as you don't say deuce, we're good. Because I'm hanging up if you say you're taking deuce off a fucking kiss. No, uh-uh. and, and, but I, I but I have a reason for why I'm removing these. Okay, that's so the first one I. I know, but I mean, reasonable explanations. You won't buy them, but reasonable explanations. <laughs> First one I would remove is 100,000 years. And here's why. I love seeing it live, like on the final tour. I love when they play it live. But on record, it doesn't connect with me. It just doesn't. It goes on too freaking long. Because I'm not there for the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I prefer the album version in their respect it was a little shorter more compact second one i'd get rid of is cold gym oh. reason being is, is i'm just it does nothing for me it never has it's okay but i just uh, to I me that, 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 that ending okay. part is kind of like let me go rock and roll it it takes the studio version and makes it like a billion times better well, true. I the, the studio version I I do not like at all, and I the live version is better. But if we're removing some to put other songs on, I like better. I'll happily take that one off. The third God, one. What I time is it, Mark? Is, it's time to I end know. this crap. I told you. I told you. I'm gonna get killed. For God. This. The third one I would remove is sheep. Again, just goes on too long. Great when it's live. I loved it when they did it on in concert, but it just. If I can make room for some other songs I prefer that I'd like to hear live, those are the three I'd remove. And it's mostly due to the length of the songs and that they get too drawn out. But yet when you see them in concert, it's a different experience. The three I would add is Let Me Know, because I love that song off the first record. I would add Coming Home, because I would love to hear a full band version of that that's not 
acoustic, even though I like the acoustic. And then I'm really hung up on the last one. I have a, a two-way tie of Mainline and All the Way. I love both of those songs. So those are the three that I would replace. And in actuality, I probably could do Let Me Know, Coming Home, Mainline, and All the Way for the same amount of time that 100,000 Years Cold Gin and She takes up. So that's my reasoning. So, so I, I mean, I, I think with with your uh, with your picks, I think two of them you would like it more uh, the visual and the audio for you, not just the audio. So totally, you, yeah. So I get that too. With those two songs, it's very visual because um, you could hear them at first and then dig it, and then it's like now I need to see what's going on. I need to see Paul wrapping his neck around with the microphone exactly. in a hundred thousand years and all that stuff. Because I, I, I love I love the drum solo, but it's it, it loses me after the drum solo when they go into the long rap. I need a hundred thousand. I need a hundred thousand years, so I've got something to do a piss break. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's, even suggesting even <laughs> suggesting that has made me dumber that you take a hundred thousand years i'll tell you what that drum solo is like a song within the song and as people talk about ace freely's guitar solos the solo in a hundred thousand years the just the normal guitar solo part that is quintessential ace freely vibrato just the way it's picked those are when people say there's a song within the song aces solo on that song and the drum solo on that song i and charlie i know you know you know every beat of that solo i know every single you know, nuance there's there's not a there's not a second of fat on that solo it it is just it is it's a perfect drum solo to listen to especially if you're not a drummer because right. it's 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 so easy to follow along and guys that's a talent that's that thing is so easy to fo- there's no part where you go i'm getting lost in these you know what i mean don't get me wrong i, I love that stuff too but no no that, you can almost clap along to the whole thing that drum solo is very uh very primal yes um, uh it, it has this thing about it and uh, one big part of that drum solo, if you took away the production that Eddie Kramer put on it, it wouldn't be the same solo. Eddie put this uh, flange effect uh, that... Yeah, the, you mean the... Yeah. yeah. Okay. It completely cha- took the solo from here to there. because if that was dry, you would just go, ugh. Right. Right. So Eddie put this thing on it, and Eddie probably felt, I need to put something on this because... You know, it may bore people. So let me. But to be fair, they did. They put almost the. That was a very common effect in the seventy. Yeah. Cashmere. But you listen. Look. You, look. To be fair, if you yeah. go to all the worlds of stage with with Neil Peart, that same flange is on his solo too. Right. Not, but I'm not ripping the solo though, guys. I said yeah, I'm not yeah, ripping yeah. the solo. It's I, it loses me after that. But Mark, I don't expect you to understand because you like <laughs> Born Again. So therefore, <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> uh, you know, but Tom, going to Cold Gin, at least for me, Cold Gin is a signature Kiss tune for me. It's just, yeah. it is such a a statement of Kiss. It's like, you know, uh, someone says, what's some, I've never listened to Kiss. What are some of the songs I should listen to? Cold Gin is going to be one of them. I'm going to say, you got to listen to Cold Gin. 
Well, and I can't I can't say that you're wrong there. The the bigger issue for me is is that if I have to remove three, the songs that I've left on, I just love so much more. I, you know, looking through the list, okay, I can't remove Deuce. Strutter is one of my favorites. Got to Choose is great. I like Hotter Than Hell. I like Firehouse. Nothing to Lose. I love that song. Come on and love me, Parasite. I'm sure as hell not going to remove Rock Bottom. I love that song as well. Black Diamond is great, but it loses me at the end. And, you know, so Cold Gin had to be the one that I'm going to to pull only. And I think part of it, too, is that it's one of those I've heard for so long that I'm almost it's almost too much. Like if I live the rest of my life and not hear it again, I won't really. Feel I mean, to me, Cold Gin is one yeah. of those songs where if because it's not it's not a set list staple. But it does show up quite often. But when it does, I would it say is, it is. Well, it's it. But it's no. It's not like Black Diamond or Love Gun. Those are staples that and right. Rock and Roll All Night that are just going to be there. Cold Gin is there more than it's not. I would imagine. But somebody will correct me if I'm wrong in saying that. I'm sure. But whenever they play it live, it sounds so like fresh and exciting to me. It's like, oh God, Cold Gin's in the set again. I love it. Yeah, see, and I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, I'm not getting that. You know, I would say of all the different versions that we've heard, the best version of Cold Gin that I heard was on the Unmasked tour down in Australia, where Gene and Ace were singing together. That was different. So I think that's part of it as well. I just there's other songs by Gene I like better that I'd rather have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know like all the way being a perfect example. And then the other thing too, I'm thinking is some of them, and I'm sure Charlie, you would agree with this, that no matter how much you love a song that your band has recorded, sometimes for whatever reason, it just doesn't work live. No, it doesn't. You know, you know I don't know why that is. I don't know either. You know? But it, uh, Maybe that's why they left, let me know off of alive. It just didn't work. Yeah. It could be a colossal mistake. Um, Charlie, but we have evidence that it doesn't because that Cleveland King Biscuit Flower Hour version that I'm sure that's what you're talking about. That's spot yeah. fucking on, man. That that sounds great. I love it. I love it. But, but again, we're you know we're more into the deeper cuts than. Um, but you know the thing. I think we're taking this. Are we doing like 40 years later what i would remove or 1975 what i would remove 1975 is though is the angle that i was looking at if you were there at the time that was the way i that's the way my thought process was when we were thinking of what to do today and and i said you know well when i get to to my which will be momentarily but yeah that was the mindset like right because if it was today eight some of these songs the version you know what i mean that's the but thing. Been, in 1975, I couldn't get past the fact that I'm seeing Kiss. Like Michael <laughs> said, we're in the same freaking building with them. This is, you know, I couldn't have made a call and, like and, that. And, and, and if we were doing this today, 40 years later, a lot of us would be going, fuck, I don't want to ever hear rock and roll all night ever again. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that, right. That would be the first right. one that would come off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so it's tough, man. It, it really is. So, Mark, uh, do you want to uh, impress us with your brilliance now and do your <laughs> no, list? This is this is like 
throwing shit on the Mona Lisa because it's perfect. There's not a second of fat on this record. So look at Mark like, makes up the game and then changes the rules on himself and doesn't <laughs> no, provide no, no, anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> do it, but don't. This sucks. I hate this. Well, this, this is, is your, your game. Idea. I know, but I, that's how much I love you guys. I'm, you know, oh, I'm giving you guys something here because hold on. If there's one record you guys know, anybody who watches the show, even semi regularly. Kiss Alive is just look. There's it's perfect. So I and actually it's just the album should, challenge. I should walk out of the room when I say this because it's blasphemy. It's horrible. <laughs> I love Got to Choose, but if you got to choose, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to take that off. That drum part is so cool. Well, then the, don't. <laughs> no, I look. I'm playing by the rules because otherwise, if I was playing by normal mark rules, I go fuck you guys. None of the song. Tell you what, I'm adding five songs. I'm taking none off because that's what I should have done. I should tell you guys go fuck yourselves. Everything stays plus these five, but I'm not because I'm a team player. Oh God, give me a break, <laughs> Mister. I gotta end the show because dinner's being served. <laughs> yeah. So begrudgingly. Got to choose is coming on, and I can't believe I'm saying that because I don't feel that in my heart. It sucks, it's bullshit, but I'm taking that one off. Next off is is uh uh God, it was one Charlie said. I'm drawn. You know, Mark, this isn't life or death, so don't. Fight it over is it so to me because that's what I'm. Uh, Which one? I think I said hotter than hell, and I said uh, rock bottom. Nope, one more. The other one. Uh, uh, why is it? Why am I fucking? I'm looking up therapists in the De- Detroit area right now. <laughs> it's the song after Firehouse. You you I love Alive so well, oh, you don't no, even know what the songs nothing are. Nothing to lose. Nothing, nothing to lose. Yeah, take it. Nothing to lose. And again, I don't want to at all. That's stupid. Anyone who says take that off is stupid. Sorry, Trey. That is just dumb. You don't take that song off. It's incredible. And then the last song to take off. And this one, actually, I could do without. I don't know. I love the song. But come on and love me. That's that's always been the weakest song for me on the record. Look, everyone knows it. It's a, it's a scientific. Why am I friends with you? <laughs> well, like Charlie said, too, it loses. I like the studio version. That's one of the rare times, actually. I like the studio version a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. It's great. It's incredible. But if I had to t- throw one of my kids over the board, overboard, <laughs> that's the one. So those are the three that are missing because sides three and four are perfect. And I mean perfect. I'm so glad nobody here wanted to ditch watching you. That song is just so fucking You are the greatest kiss songs ever. It, it is. And there's nothing to it. That's the brilliance behind that. Charlie, again, is that drum part in the middle just the, so much fun to play? Awesome. That, it's awesome. that drum part <laughs> in the middle is so fucking sweet. It's not the even break, funny. I love it, dude. <laughs> oh, I know. I, when I sit down, I, I, it seems like whenever I'm warming up, that part always comes you know, in my head when I'm just sitting down. All right, so anyways, the songs that, are, that should have been on live, uh, the aforementioned... Um, uh, strange ways that that song is so heavy on that record just imagine it 
played in front of 12,000 people yeah. with Eddie Kramer at the board. That would have brought, and then Peter was, let's face it, like, like you were saying earlier, like on Black Diamond, I mean, he was in full force at, at that time, you know, that era of Peter is, is, is spectacular, you know? If, oh, absolutely. So, you know, vocally and playing on that record, that was really, you know, him at his best. Um, here's one I'm surprised no one picked. I think it would have been great. This is a song, regrettably, I I actually saw Kiss play it on the very first Kiss cruise, and I, I about fell over when they did. But Getaway, to me, again, using the power of Peter's voice, and that song is just a fun song. I just fucking love that song. I, I thought Getaway would have been really good on Kiss Alive. Mm-hmm. Um. My third song is is really a toss up. I, I coming home. I love Charlie's idea by lengthening it a little bit. Um, all the way again. I have a version of of Kiss doing that, and it's really cool live. I think they did that on the whole tour. Tour. Well, no, it's when you had the instant live CDs. Yeah. They did that, and it sounded really, really good. So I was at the show was, where they played that. They did that out I here in Concord, California. Yeah, not here, but I do have it on disc, so I was very happy. But yeah, those those are the ones that I think again. Um, I again, I still don't know why they didn't do uh, or even keep Strange Ways in the set. Period. You know that that is just heavy, heavy kiss. I, I just think that would have went over really well. But um, I, I, how how would it fit on that record? It's so slow, you know. Well, Again, you know, uh, uh, she is kind of slow. I mean, keep in mind, too, those if you want to get technical, that, they were only playing like a little over an hour. Those sets weren't long at all. But that was also 70s rock concert. You know, like today, bands stretch the set out for two hours. A lot of bands do, not just Kiss. Back then, you know, a show was, you know, 70 80 minutes maybe, but you didn't get the, at least for bands like Kiss and, and stuff, you didn't get a two hour experience. No. For them all. I'm just glad you didn't pick Love Theme from Kiss. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that would go right along with what we said uh, um, when we were talking about The Elder. When there's some Kiss fans who want to, you know, out, out fan one another. Oh yeah, the love theme from Kisses is the greatest song. Are you kidding me? And that no, no, it's not. It's, I mean, it's a cool listen, I guess, but it's. It's no. like a that song always reminded me of like some weird spaghetti western music in the background or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I remember as a kid just going, "This doesn't. This is weird. This doesn't fit." You know, yeah. you know this is before I was even geeky about that stuff. You know, it was like. It's like, huh? Next, you know. Too bad we didn't have a. When you're all vinyl, you, you can't have a fast forward button. You just had to sit through it, you know. So, but it was funny, Charlie. You mentioned something earlier when we were talking about layering and. But you're absolutely right because before I was a Kiss fan, at least here in Detroit, BTO was huge, and they were. We had the AM radio station out of Windsor, Ontario, and they played the living shit out of Bachman Turner Overdrive. And that the Not Fragile album was the first rock album, and it was new at the time. It was probably late summer, early fall 74. And that was, you know, that had a ton of hits on it. 
But when when you think of now, when you look back on it now, you're absolutely right. I can hear what Paul wanted to do on on some of the hits on that song. They all had the either a six string or a twelve string acoustic underneath, and it does. It gives it a whole new heft. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times nowadays we forget about what was, you know, current in 1975, 76, uh, what else they were listening to or what was going up against them. And today we forget about all that stuff because it's not popular. Kiss is still popular. So you just think Kiss invented everything, you know, but there were right. other things that they were looking to like, well, we need to sound like Mata Hoople here. We need to sound like. Um, this band or that band, you know, I'm sure that Kiss has always been a lot of rivalry, you know, they would go on tour and uh, end up blowing the other band away, you know, but they always took something from it. Well, yeah, and to your point also, and then you also have Neil Bogart, who had his own view of how they should sound. And I wouldn't be too surprised if a coin also, even though I know he wasn't really involved in the recording part of it. You know, he was probably saying we need to, you know, we got to get some traction here and get some records sold. So I suppose it, all bands go through that. You have opposing forces. Right. And let's face it, Alive pretty much saved Casablanca, saved Kiss. Uh, if Alive didn't hit, you may not have heard of maybe Donna Summer or the Village People or any of those other Casablanca bands, you know. It seemed yeah. like their Kiss were like, you know, in debt. And alive, pretty much saved the day. Well, I remember many, many episodes ago, we contemplated: Is Kiss Alive the reason disco became so successful? Because it yeah, put cat, it Kiss put, is responsible for the success of disco. Yeah, I mean, you th think about that. I mean, as the later seventies moved on, it was disco versus Kiss. The disco sucks. Kiss is real. But the reality is, the money that Kiss Alive made allowed Casablanca to go full bore into the disco world. Yeah. That's a big chunk of, uh, of sales for, for them, too. Once that stuff started to hit, hey, man, it just everybody made money. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. So it's Kiss's fault. It's, it's all their fault. fault. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to tell them that. All right. So are we moving on to Alive 2, then? We are. Okay. Charlie, you want to go first? This was way easier than Alive for me. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. um, although when I uh, when I went to see them on that tour and they opened up with I Still Your Love, I was like, what the fuck is this? It's supposed to be Detroit Rock City. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't. Uh, but I love um, I love opening with Detroit Rock City because it just it's 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 that song, you know, it's such a an opener. You know, you can't put it forth, you know. So right. I love the way that that album opens with that. Um, the first song that I'm taking out and people may be pissed at me, but um, I love King of the Nighttime World. I love the way those two go back to back. Uh, I love Ladies Room. Making Love to me, I don't like it live. I love the studio version, but I didn't take it out. Love Gun stays, Dr. Love stays. Here's where I take out Christine 16. Just don't like it. I can see yeah. that. And in place, I put Mr. Speed because that, to me, is one of Paul Stanley's greatest songs. Yes. yes. Um, or, or Take Me. I could swap either one of those. 
because Take Me, they did play Take Me on the Rock and Roll Over uh, tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is on live too. Take Me? No, it's not on the live. Is it not? No. no. Nope. It's not. Oh, um, yeah. And then we have Shock Me, which has to stay. Uh, and then here's the one Hard Look Woman's coming out. Um, in place of it is going to go Flaming Youth, which there's a version of Flaming Youth, I think, from Anaheim that is <laughs> on fire. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> well, they played uh, it in Roosevelt, uh, too. They yeah. played it at the Roosevelt show. Yeah. And then. Um, the other song that's coming out is Tomorrow and Tonight. I just never cared for this song. To me, it just, what, what is this? Um, and I put Love and Weevil. Mm. Interesting. Because that, to me, is one of the greatest Gene songs, too. Just just the lyrics, the lyrics alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of people like that song. And, you know, Jeremy and, and Ryan and Phil have all said to us, that that's one they've tried to get Gene to do live, and he just doesn't do it. He doesn't want to do it for whatever reason. Really? Yeah. I mean, they did a, they did a video for the song too. Yeah, uh, and I'm not sure if his feelings on it have changed or, you know, I don't know. But uh, again, uh, the whole live portion of that record, I mean, after a couple of spins, I never really went back to it. I always went to side four. Um, yes, because to me, side four and the booklet saved alive too. I mean, I like the live songs, but you know, I agree with that too. Yeah, I love see, I love side four, it's the greatest, it, it is. I love those songs. They got a Grammy award winning player on that. <laughs> <laughs> We just just ask him. He'll tell you. Yeah, we should clear I, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go next. So Alive 2, as I said, that's my album. Um, I, don't, I, I'm gonna, I don't know if this is changing the rules or not, but for the songs I'm going to remove, just get rid of side four. Boom, gone. I want a, I want yeah, a, I want a li- I want a live album. I want a whole live album. I'm I'm God. I'm I'm bought into the the live experience and then you give me studio recordings. Put them on a regular studio album. I want why you know you had four sides of live music on a live. Give me four sides of music on a live too. You've even well, got they more had songs. To take out the earlier song. That's why. Dad, sorry. A lo- side four is gone. There, I'm there, 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 there. I've there. I've removed my cream. song. All right. What you so, just said, I'm not going to get cream. So, so the songs <laughs> that I would add are, are are pretty much right there with with Charlie. Mister Speed's got to go in there. Just it is such a, an amazing Kiss song. Um, I heard them sound check that in Australia on the farewell tour. It was, it was, you know, didn't get to watch it. I stood behind the stage as they sound checked it, but there was three or four of us backstage listening, and our eyes were just like, "Is that what I think it is? That's Mr. <laughs> Speed." And Paul came off the stage and looked at us, and he goes, "How was that?" We were like, "God damn, that was great." So wow. Mr. Speed's got to be there. And by the way, Tommy, your video left. Okay. Um, take me. Got to add that one in, and Flaming Youth. 
as as a kid when I when I first got Destroyer, Flame and Youth was like for the longest time one of my ultimate favorite 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 Kiss tunes. Just loved it. Everything, the lyrics, the music, everything about it was just killer to me. Now, I remember we all probably remember that they said, oh yeah, they played it a few shows like at the Roosevelt Stadium. And they said it uh, it just didn't work live, and that's why they stopped it. I don't know whether that's true or not. I just love the song so much. It's like you gotta add Flame and Youth, Take Me, and Mr. Speed. Um, well, it was you know Flame and Youth was a highlight for me on that. Um, 2016. Uh, yeah, I, I, I when they started playing, I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing. So yeah, yeah so. Because all of the other songs, again, for as Mark always says, timeline is everything. My first Kiss album was Rock and Roll Over. Then I got Destroyer, and you know, and then it started filling in. So I got into Kiss when they were Super Kiss. That's when I got exposed to them. So I can't take any of those other songs off. If you said, Mike, you can't change um, the studio side of of Kiss Alive too. It's got to be something live. <laughs> You know, I would probably have to go tomorrow and tonight. I would probably go Christine 16. Um, and as much as I love Hard Luck Woman as a song, the fact that it's not really played live at all could be the reason I would say take it out then. If you, yeah, never, yeah. If you never played it live in concert, then don't put it on here. The, but the I, other... also, I also remember as a kid waiting for a live two to come out and thinking, I really hope it's got completely different songs on it than a live. Right. You know, versus just an updated tour. Like right. even back then, a lot of us as fans, I think we're thinking, okay, first three records, a live album, yep. next three records and a live album that are focusing on the last three, you know? And so I was just thrilled that it was, something different but i was always wondering why was did they add those did they add side four because they wanted some new material just like a lot of bands will add a song or two on a greatest hits package or did they just truly not have enough material because so many of those other songs were removed that they're still playing from alive well, I thought that um, the other song that I left off, which I wish they put in, was Do You Love Me? Because I thought that uh, was a great live song when they did the reunion tour. I was so happy to hear that song back in yeah. in, in the set. And um, I always thought that should have been on a live, too, because it was such a, I don't know, it was such a Paul Stanley type of song. It probably could have had a huge intro and... Yada well, yada yada. in '77 yeah. though. Too. I mean, on the Japanese tour, you know, you're right. That's again, you're not getting to because you know, eventually we get to my picks. But yeah, that's your spot on. That's a great live song. Great. And I just kind of feel like a live two is nowhere near the same. Not the songs, just the production quality and the sound of it is nowhere near what a live is. Well, they're they're definitely very two different sounding and styled albums i mean alive yeah. alive is very much this is raw kiss not they they haven't even broken yet because it was the alive album that broke them so I'll but 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 alive, alive 2 is kiss having exploded they are at the mountain the peak of the mountain yeah. already 
alive is they're struggling to get up that mountain. The the difference though is the 180 between the original versions and the alive versions. There's a bigger gap than between the you know the destroyer through love gun because those records don't sound bad. I mean, I oh, think you, that's right. part of why alive. Yeah. That's a good yep. point. Yep. You know the, the divide. It's not the divide isn't that great. I mean, depending on on what you think, you may think those are still better versions, but they're not night and day the way like Strutter is from the first record to you know, especially Firehouse. Firehouse to me is like the quintessential. It is so much a billion times better on the live record than it is on right. Right. You know, it's can not. You, can you pick a song on the live too that is better than the original version? Um, Only shocked because of the guitar solo, probably, for me. Right. Other than that, maybe Detroit Rock City. But that was that was like the only one where I'd say that that rivals. Yeah, well, that you rivals. know, I I I, I I I don't listen to Love Gun nearly a, enough, but Shock Me on Alive too. Yeah. Every uh, even if it's nothing more than we're turning the microphone over to Ace Fraley, that is such a signature <laughs> moment signature yeah. line i don't hear that, anybody uh makes, saying anything about beth well yeah. you, <laughs> you, you, i i could here's the thing from the beth to god of thunder the to me the drum solo there is fabulous i love peter's drum solo on oh boy i do oh, look i, do. At I the just time. i and just love great it great show Mike. um i could remove beth easily but how does that impact the transition, the solo, everything else that goes on. I don't know. I get it. But yeah, if it was just Beth on a, as a song, yeah, that's that to me is like a no-brainer. Yeah, let's get that out of there. Fair enough. Who's up next? You. You. Go for it, me. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, the three I would remove is Beth. And that's number one. The second one I would remove is I Want You because I like the I like the album version better. Me too. And I, and I don't like how the song drags on at the end. I don't like the rap. I don't like that piece. And the third one I would remove is Christine 16. I just have never been a huge fan of the song. I think there's other songs that they did, even Gene songs that I like better. Um, the uh, only other one I would have possibly removed, and I'm going to get cream for this but i'm gonna say it anyways is god of thunder but put in almost human in its place but i backed off of that and left god, that god of hu- god, god of humor god of thunder on alive 2 is a signature moment that defines gene simmons true but i almost i sometimes i almost wonder if i like almost human better you know, but that I didn't pull that. I pulled Beth, I Want You, and Chris six, Christine 16. The three I would add would be Mr. Speed, because it's one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. Flaming Youth, again, one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. And then uh, I, for whatever reason, just had forgot that Take Me isn't on there. So I would have added Take Me. I love that song, or I would have done Plaster Caster. Oh, I love so, Plaster Yeah. So, but Take Me is just, that riff is just so cool. And hearing that, that was the B-side of Calling Dr. Love, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I remember being outside before 
we had rock and roll over playing that 45 over and over and over and over and over. It just sticks with me. So to me, that's what I would do differently. Cause I love side four. I, I think it's cool. Even any way you want it. I mean, the Dave Clark five, it's cool. It's, yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's interesting that so far we are all pretty much similar on the songs we want to add in. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it's funny. Cause but two, two of mine were, were, or, you know, you guys mentioned, because my three to t- take off are Tomorrow and Tonight, Hard Luck Woman, and, and I think those are all no-brainers kind of to take off, for, at least for me. What was yeah. the third one? But Bath, okay. Hard Luck Woman, Tomorrow and, uh, okay. and Tomorrow and Tonight. I, though, I didn't know if I w- should... If I, I actually wish I could take the drum solo off god of thunder edit edit that down so it's just the song because i think the drum solo is pathetically horrible that's just my own there's i'm in control of the show look at the time (laughs) before you go any further though because we have another drummer here charlie what is your opinion of the solo on alive 2 um it doesn't hold up against alive uh it's it's almost it's almost like it's it's so chopped up and so edited, you know, that uh, I don't think it's the entire drum solo. And I think to go back to what uh, uh, what you were talking about was some of those songs need a visual along to go to go along with the audio. And I think that God of Thunder drum solo needs the visual. Yeah, there's there's I mean there's a good like fucking ten bars. It's just him dun 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 dun, dun on his bass drum. You could have any fucking I could show you guys how to do that. You could do it like after thirty seconds. I mean, there's he, my point is he's not even like put it. That's what I that's what I was talking about the hundred thousand year soul. It's a song within the song. Each part and the way he kisses alive too. The drum solo is what probably a minute and a half, and it's just. It's it's nothing. It's interesting how it's basically we've got two musicians and two non musicians here today. And it's interesting, especially Mark, to hear you talk about how you listen to and how you hear the song. And I don't see it that way. I don't I'm not you know, I'm just a fan listening to a song that makes me want to go, Fuck yes. Yes. Bang my head. You know, make my hair stand on end. It has nothing to do with, oh my God, that he's just playing the same beat over and over and over again for a minute, and and it's a song within. A, I don't, I've never listened to a song by Kiss, let alone anybody, and dissected it like that. It's just, how does it hit well, me I'll here, you, and how I'll does it make kind me of feel? what I'm thinking? You know, Mike, it's something I've always wanted to do. Maybe go into Pro Tools and do. I don't know why I've never done it. I should have, because if you take that because I like the up tempo version on Alive too. I, I like because it's more like the original Paul Stanley demo. But at the at the closing notes of Ace's solo in the middle of the song, it goes into that bow bow. If if that just if you were if you were Eddie Kramer, you could have snipped the drum solo out and it would have went bow bow. I. And the Lord of the it could have it it could have chopped that soul out because I think this <clears throat> the song's clipping away and it's it's so much better than the studio version in some ways. I like the up tempo. Put it this way: 
I like the fact that I have two choices because I do like the original, but I like the live one a lot too for different reasons. Um, but I would love to hear it, you know, professionally done where, because the count is perfect. You could do it. You know what I mean? But, you the, could but the experience, I think, I think we're losing what the experience was back in 77 because you're listening to this. And I think they wanted you to have that experience of here's the drum solo. Read along. I, I get that, but but if, just listen. Don't want Peter to jump off a bridge. You, if, <laughs> hold on, if you didn't know the solo was there, hold on, if you didn't know the solo of, was there, you wouldn't miss it. You know what I mean? If you were just if if you were a kid just listening to that for the first time, you wouldn't know. Um. So, anyways, but I. You know, but, the songs, it, but, it, the but it showcases him at that point. Now, don't get me wrong. Peter, I thought, played awesome on that whole tour, Love Gun. Um, but I think maybe those guys were pushing him more to the drum solo. You have to do a drum solo. So maybe it got to the point where, all right, I did the drum solo. Now you're not going to put it on the record, you know? Yeah. Well, but to your point earlier, Charlie, you had mentioned with a live and that that by using some of the effects like the flange that Eddie uh, Kramer used, he took the solo from here to here. Absolutely. Are you also saying that because those types of things were missing on the live too, it left that drum solo a little flat? I think it, I think it, yes, I think it did because I, I don't think Peter put as much emphasis on the whole piece as he did on alive. There's nothing know? primal about the okay. alive two one. That's the problem. Right. Because if you break if you break down each section of the uh, hundred thousand years solo, there's like three songs in that drum solo. Whereas the Alive Two one, it's kind of basic and it doesn't. There's not much. I mean, I don't want to. I'm not bashing Peter because I think he's. No, awesome. no, no, no. I, I want to hear what you have to say because you you're you know you being a musician. Uh, and in 1977, every live album had solos everywhere. You know, here's the drum solo. Yeah. Here's the guitar solo. And if you're taking, I mean, think about all the live albums at that time. You had Rush, you had, you know, that Jethro Tull live album. Bursting was, out, awesome. Was, was just like, wow, you know? So, yeah, I think God of Thunder, the drum solo on it wasn't all it could have been. That's all. You know, it's interesting to talk about this now, but again, I go back to I was... 12 13 years old when i heard that all i was like and coming off of the paul lind halloween special when i saw them for the first time and then listening to alive too then you know you're not as a kid none of that is in your reality it's just like oh my freaking god this is massive this is this is monstrous this is Right. This is in, but, again, this is just hitting me right here as a kid going, I don't know what I'm listening to, but this is freaking great. It, but that's the KISS experience. Yes, that's what I was talking that's about. That's exactly the right. experience. Yes. So you're you're listening to it on these speakers and you're just closing your eyes and you're envisioning all this shit going on. You're, you've got the gatefold open and you're listening to KISS Alive 2 and you're just going, I, there's nothing better than this. No, I agree with you. And but, at the time, but I, I thought also, it was great. Go ahead, Tom. Well, and I think, though, that we're tapping into what that experience is as well and why the four of us, 
listening to these records at the time frame in which we were listening to them versus a critic who's 30 years old and is a decade older than us, they can't see or feel the magic of the moment because they're maybe critiquing the yeah. sound quality yeah. and the song itself, and they can't immerse themselves into where we're at. Right, because if you go to a restaurant and you order this there, and it's just a basic presentation, you go to another restaurant and you order the same exact thing, but the presentation is, oh my God, that one tastes better. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's that's the way it is with Kiss. Like when Paul used to say, Kiss are more exciting than four slobs walking on stage. Yep. It's true. So, it's true. So I didn't finish my songs. <laughs> so the songs I would replace would be, well, like I said, uh, I, 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 Do You Love Me has to go on there because I think it's just a great live song. Flaming Youth, again, because my you guys stole my thunder. And uh, Love Them and Leave Them. But I, I'd like to sneak, you know, Almost Human in on there, too. Those, uh, you know, no love, I was no love for Mr. Speed? Mr. Speed? It's great. It's awesome. But, so, you know, why did you guys, we, I think three of you or two of you guys mentioned Almost Human, but nobody mentions the song See You In My Dreams, which is to me is like a ripper. It's like one of the best Gene songs, but it just gets eliminated. Gene on that. Yeah. I don't, that song is really cool, but it's because I don't like the solo album version. It just seems. Oh, yeah, I don't like it either. It, it, no. I, I, and Charlie, I'm sure I've, I've done it, you know, playing in bands over there. We're, we've we've written songs, and for some reason, and you mentioned it earlier in this episode, like, how come it's so great, or at least I perceive it as being so much better when we play it live, and then when you listen back, you're like, this doesn't... It's, you know, there's a disconnect somewhere. And that's the way I am with that song. I, I understand why Gene wanted to redo it, because I still think that song is great too. But if I'm honest with myself, the rock and roll over version, while good, it it I I see what Gene wanted to do, and I don't think he I don't think he topped it on the solo record, but I do think maybe if he would have re recorded it with the original band, maybe he could have gotten it somewhere. Because especially the solo album version, there's too many little I don't know if it's Rick Nielsen doing it, but there's too many little added vocal texture things in there. And, you know, see, you got the feel. You got them like, no, dude, just sit back and let the song. Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I like the song, but to answer your question from my perspective, Charlie, is I just missed when I'm looking at Mr. Speed and take me, those are just so strong to me. Oh, yeah. that they trump all the other ones on the record. So when you're, you know, yeah, it's just, I, those are my go-tos. Like if I have my regular um, set of songs I'm listening to on a shuffle, those two are always in it. I mean, all Paul's songs on Rock and Roll Over are just... Phenomenal. Head and shoulders above everything that he's done. I, yeah. I thought, you know. And, you know, Mr. Speed is one of those songs where... It seems like no matter when in history you poll KISS fans, the majority of KISS fans, I feel like, would go, yeah, Mr. Speed's a song I wish they'd do live. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I love it. It's great. 
But I'm, and, I'm also just being honest. If I, I would take all three of those other songs ahead of that one. I don't know why. I just, I, I just have love them and leave them to me. Probably because it's so. I mean, it's obviously Peter playing, but it's so un-Peter like. That goes. He doesn't. He's usually just back there, you know, playing a straight beat. It's just cool to hear him rolling around on the toms, you know, where the vocal line is. And so it's just a. That's a fun listen. That's just a cool song. I. I that that's and I'm so happy that they did play it in later years. Um, well, at least they yeah they did it a couple times in the uh, probably about five ten years ago they and then they would sound check with it every now and then. Matter of fact, when I got to watch them do sound check in '09, they they didn't do it with vocals, but they they did the song yeah nice time. But yeah, it was cool <laughs> just being able to hear that live, you know, because such a it's just got a great groove to it. That's just a fun song. But it's also interesting. It's also interesting to listen to the two of you dissect these songs as musicians. <laughs> yeah, and how different. No, but it's a great perspective. No, no I love it. It's different. Yeah, how different each one of us can hear the same song and like it, like it equally, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it. I I just find that fascinating. Well, sometimes it makes me appreciate the song if I didn't really give it a fair listen. Or, I mean, I'm always, I'm always guilty of when I hear a song for the first time, I immediately go to the drums first and then guitar and then the vocals or whatever. But that's where I go, oh, okay, I love what, I love what he's doing there. Um, and I think that's, I'm guilty of that with Kiss too, what Peter's going to do or what, you know, what Ace does. I've always said Ace Frehley's souls on those three records, uh, Destroyer, uh, Love Gun, and Rock and Roll, but some of his best playing. Even though on Destroyer, I know it's not him, but... Well, it's just, just the one do, song. I mean, the rest Do you the think rest. that your view on it has changed as you got into music and became a musician and got into a band same with you mark i mean does how you listen to it as a kid is it different than how you listen to it now oh i'm sure i mean i can't go back to what i was you know how i was feeling i could only get glimpses of oh i remember this i remember that yeah. but to me it was the um god it was the whole package of kiss you know what i mean uh I, I used to say if if Destroyer didn't have any music on it, I would have just got the cover. You know, it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it was so cool that you, you couldn't not take that one home. Well, so give me an example. I'm curious of something that's been released over the last couple of years. I don't care who it is, just a song that maybe most folks would listening would know that just grabbed your attention right off the bat just because for the sake of it being a great song. Uh, Non-Kiss or Kiss? Yeah, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I remember, this is going to go back a few years, but um, uh, I loved uh, the record Bleach by Nirvana, and mm -hmm. I, th I thought it was so heavy, and then I couldn't wait for you know whatever was to come. And the first thing I heard, I was up at Lon Friend's office, Rip mm -hmm. Magazine in L.A., mm -hmm. And he got an advance of Nevermind, put it on, and I was in his office, and the first song came on. Dude, I was I was in love. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've heard. It reminded me of 
cheap trick. Um, and so that's one thing. As soon as you hear it, how can you not like it, you know? Right. But I know, I know many people back at the time hated it. But, but I think that they were listening with their eyes and not with their ears because so many people that liked the hair metal era, if you want to call it that, and a lot of the bands that fell into that, this was a threat to that, taking it away. So I almost think that Nirvana was in, in also in a way kind of blamed for some of that, but it's just taste change for some people. And all of a sudden certain bands that were selling records aren't anymore, but I mean, that's happened more than once, you know, over the years of, of rock and roll. You know. yeah, I, and I don't think that song was responsible. You know, I, I blame other things, you know, for changing or making that wave come in and just wash away what was before it. And maybe some of that stuff needed to be washed away too, but you could only, you could only blame things like MTV because that was in every household at that point. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, uh, Nirvana made a record that, to me, Nevermind is, is perfect. I wouldn't change a thing on that record. Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit is just a great pop song. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And, and to your point of washing some of that away, uh, that's the thing I, I dislike most about record labels over the years is that they can't just have a band that they like that's selling a lot of records that people love and leave it at that and just no. appreciate it for what it, they've got to sign 10 other bands that sound and look or a cheap version of whoever you're speaking of. And that's where I think the trouble starts. Right. It dilutes exactly what that original piece was. Like, uh, remember the Guns N' Roses fucking thing? I mean, it's like they came out and all of a sudden it was just like everybody had fucking bandanas and cowboy boots. And it's like it dilutes what the original thing was. Yeah. And so I think a lot of that stuff had to die. It's just unfortunate that some of my favorite bands got lost in the shuffle there for a while you know cinderella being one of them because i never considered them hair metal but they were all using the same formula and i remember back when that was all happening we hated it all you know our bands i should say yeah, yeah. we hated it all because it was like i felt like they were taking the easy way they would put two ballads on their records that were kind of heavy and to me it was just kind of hard rock country music it wasn't it wasn't real metal to me, at least, right. you know, what we were playing was like real metal. You know, you would see people walking around with those shirts. You wouldn't see people walking around with like not to take the piss out of winger. But I'm just saying it's like it was, yeah. different. It was that, a different time. That, I don't mean any disrespect to. Well, no, 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 no not, 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 not at all. I mean, that was that was clearly a time where the record labels really realized the the influence they had on the bands they signed and the power they had over the bands and that there was for a short period of time a formula that was working you know it, it, it was the look that was working the cover that was working the first single is your hard rock song but the second single's got to be the power ballad because that's going to break you over into CHR and you know they and it was working it actually was working but to Tommy's point 
They got greedy, and it's like, well, if it worked with this band, let's just pick the exact same formula up and duplicate, 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 duplicate until the listening public, fans like us, were like, wait a second, this is like a third-rate version of pick any Sunset Strip band. This isn't the... Yeah, people might hate Poison, but the third-rate version of Poison... You're like seeing right through it going, hmm, no, there's something missing there. You're trying to look like it. You're trying to do a cover like it. You're trying to do videos like right. it, but it's not it. No substance. There was no substance I, well, to I, it. It's funny because I ride the line, you, both Charlie and Tommy's discussion missed me completely because I could, to this day, I, I can't even, I'll be honest, I think in utero's I like some of that stuff. I, I didn't like Bleach. I didn't like Nevermind. It just it didn't like it at all. I, as I am on record, I hate generic hair metal. That because what Charlie was saying when I was you know when that was going on, I was an Anthrax fan. I like Metal Church. I that that's testament. That's, but, but but Mark, we have it on record that Left for Dead during rehearsals would play Poison. No, well, not me. <laughs> That's you have, to, you have yeah. to check that out. That's actually pretty funny. Um, so, but to make a long story short, there, I though, for me, I was one of the greatest missed opportunities for, and this is just my opinion, for a band that should have been huge was the Four Horsemen. That the first, the first EP was great, but the second, the uh, rockin' is my business. That that's what spoke to me. That's why didn't that get huge? That that to me was like that's that's I always call it the genuine article. That's the real deal. Well the you smiling, Charlie, you don't you don't you don't like that record? Are you familiar? No, 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 I have to oh. <laughs> I have to go to a birthday drive-by in, in, in a minute. <laughs> okay, okay. We're going to probably be right. We, we at least got through the live records. But that's what I mean. I liked I liked hard rock and metal, and I didn't like Nirvana. I, I'd never got into the grunge thing. Although, let's be honest, fucking Soundgarden, why were they called grunge? That was like a great hard rock band. I they. But, 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 but Mark, to what we were just talking about, what record labels did to all the hair metal they did the same thing to Nirvana and found the next version and the next version. And that's what killed off that whole genre of music was the seventh exactly. version of somebody warbling his vocals wearing flannels. It works. Do it. It's like, right. no, it doesn't. The, the public got tired of it very quickly as well. So who played, who did it with Kiss? Who did Kiss? Who matched Kiss then? Right, we're, we're almost wrapping up. Sorry. No one did. That was the thing. They were they were an anomaly, and and they just lost their way. And they they I think they just lo they lost their their base because of the change. Like you know, we can talk about Cheap Trick. Yeah, they've tried a few different things, but Cheap Trick has always been Cheap Trick. You could make an argument that the first album sounds completely different than Standing on the Edge, but it still had that pop sensibility to it throughout their whole career. But let's face it, Kiss goes from, in a, what, the course of two or three years, they go from, you know, alive, and before you know it, they're doing Dynasty. Dynasty. It's, a, it's a whole different thing. And then I think after that, 
that was also part of the problem with the hair metal is they were chasing now younger bands. Yeah. And and not making their own way. Through through the majority of the seventies, KISS was leading. People were following KISS during the seventies until Dynasty, where you know, Paul just coming out and saying, I keep hearing all this disco stuff. I thought I could write one, so I wrote a song and it was very easy. It's like, all right, that's you now chasing. Now, in that one moment, no matter how good we might all love Dynasty, in that one moment, Kiss went from leading to following. And the next record was pure following. Yeah, and then, and then uh, from that nasty. point on, for the next 30 years, you could, we can all pinpoint, well, they tried to follow this trend. They tried to be Bon Jovi. They tried to be Def Leppard. They tried to be Alice in Chains. You know, th- what changed in their... their m- in their brains to cause them to go, let's start following and chasing trends instead of sticking to what they believed in back in 1973. I don't know, but I I would say that the hunger I think left uh, during that time, they started to listen. They started to listen to too many other voices. And um, I think they lost the essence of what kiss was, you know, that, um, they never lacked in the show aspect of it, but what was starting to lack was the songwriting and just the performances were lacking. And maybe it's because Ace and Peter were now gone that it was just Gene and Paul. So they were just, okay, Bon Jovi's big. Let's wear long flowing coats and glitter and maybe we could kind of catch that audience and ride this wave out. Um, But they lost me at that point. Well, yeah, and they were picking and choosing the audience. Because let's face it, when you're watching MTV in the mid-80s, they couldn't do what Anthrax was doing. They couldn't be like Metallica. But they could be like Bon Jovi. They could be like some of those bands. And so I think it was the lesser of two evils. And if you're a little bit lost and you don't really know what you're doing, you do the best you can do at the time. And I think you said it perfectly. They're riding the wave to whatever that next thing is. Charlie, before you leave, let me ask you one question. So... Crazy Nights tour, and, and listen, I love the Crazy Nights album, and I went to the tour, Anthrax is opening. And, yeah. and as a fan, I'm going, this is the biggest mismatch of two musical styles I have ever seen. As huge Kiss fan, what was going through your mind as you guys were opening for the most pop version of Kiss in the 80s? <laughs> Well, that's funny you should mention that. Um, because, <laughs> because to me, it wasn't about the 45 minutes on stage. It was about the uh, the hours leading up to that and the hours after that, that I was getting to just hang with, with these them. guys. And and uh, I cherished every moment of that tour. And, you know, I had known Eric before that and hanging with Eric a lot. It was, um, I was learning how to, you have to also understand this is 87. We had just started maybe three, four years before that. So we were still learning how to be, you know, a touring band and stuff sure. like that. So we were learning from the pros. And again, to have conversations, just hang with them in their dressing rooms and talk about this, talk about that was, uh, you know, it was educational. So you, you weren't you weren't standing by the side of the stage every show wanting to hear crazy crazy nights 
No. no. <laughs> and and to be honest with you, I didn't even know the song. I only knew it because we were there and listening to it off stage, but I didn't know these songs. Um so when they would bust out with an older song, uh, you know, we would all get excited. And um but I don't know, it was a different time back then too. Oh yeah. Know? No, no, De- definitely. It's just that was one of the things I remember when I went to that show was just like what is Anthrax opening for Kiss on the Crazy Nights tour? Who thought this would be a good match? And 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 I and I pretty much I could be wrong, but back in 87, nobody knew the love and the devotion and the influence Kiss had on Anthrax where you could sit back and go, "Okay, I see why they're doing this because these are the Kiss is the band that Anthrax is into. Absolutely. And coming from New York, you have to understand, they were the band from New York. They, they're yep. legendary. And um, so, like I said, every day of that tour, we couldn't wait until they arrived to just talk and just bullshit about this. And um, I remember I just had a suitcase full of questions. And when Gene would come in, he would come in and dress room and we would talk and it immediately would turn into the Gene Simmons question and answer thing. And he would always make believe he had a microphone and give it to one of us, you know. <laughs> and side four of Alive 2 was such a big topic because we wanted to know who was playing on that. And uh, he gave away some secrets that we never, ever told, you know. So That's it awesome. was it was interesting. That's very cool. cool. Very cool. Very cool. Because as soon as you get, pa- as soon as we hit pause or stop, Charlie, before you go, I have one question. Because I already got the answer for one, of it. and it's no, it's nothing we can talk about here. Oh, okay. All right. It's not okay. Mark going fanboy. No. <laughs> okay. Thank God. Um, two weeks of that. Ch- Charlie, anything? Any? I mean, we kind of talked at the beginning of the show what you're doing right now, but is there anything you want to promote that you're doing that Anthrax is doing? Anything you want the fans to check out? We are working on on our new record, uh, and um, we're going to do it this way. You know, you know, Scott and I have been—he's been writing lyrics to the music, and then uh, the three of us, him. Uh, myself and, and Frankie will get together and start doing these melodies and then bring Joey in. And then we're hoping to record once things are, you know, okay to right. get together and do that. Uh, in the meantime, I'm still doing my YouTube, you know, quarantine videos with, with friends and other musicians. Um, They're awesome. Doing my coffee thing, of course, and plugging some friends on Instagram like Kiss NYC. And of course, John Five has his his Kiss site, his Knights and Satan service. Yep. You know, he he always throws up some funky stuff there too. So, and that's it. Guys, I'm looking forward to this Kiss documentary, but I've yet to get a call about being interviewed. So I'm a little worried. Mark, well, it's not, I don't think it's <laughs> I'll, done I'll yet. pass that on to John. <laughs> How could you not put us in this documentary? We are just full. I, of I will tell you right now, and, and this isn't right now. They've got ten hours of film done, and they have to edit ten oh. hours down. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I was because I'm helping them with the film, and I just asked casually, like that kind of. That kind of question. He's like, Mark, 
because I was joking. I'm like, hey, you got to come over to my you know, same kind of silly thing. I'm like, come here and you interview me. And, you know, the fans perspective, Mark, the last thing we're doing is interviewing anyone else. It's 10 <laughs> fucking hours long. <laughs> we got to edit 10 hours. He goes, it's like 10 good hours down, you know, so. There'll so be a great, be- hopefully there'll be a great director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, too, um, so far, fingers crossed, the Rock Fest is not canceled yet. So maybe I will see you in uh, July in Kadat. I hope so. That would be yeah, great. that would be an awesome weekend for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. keep my fingers crossed. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, I'll check in with you when it gets closer. Yeah, man. All, All right. right, Charlie. Thank you so much. Well, that was a fun game, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. And you, and you, and you, re- and you really didn't break the rules. The guest enjoying it made it worthwhile. Yep, yep, yep. No, that was that was a good that was a good thinking game. Mm-hmm. I still I still got to say some of Tommy's choices though. What the f? Say what you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and hold on, I need some clarification here because, um, as Mike brought up, it is true. My my. And we're going to be pimping this here for a little bit. My my band's um, CDs coming out. Well, it, it, yeah, thank you. And and it's going to be by the time you hear this, it'll be pre-orders should pre-orders, be live right. by the time and, this is out. And we did this little interview thing for the what is that for, Mike? Spotify or something? Pandora stories Pandora. stories behind the songs on the album. There's there's a thing I do on the end of one of the songs. Um, I do a little rush lick, little drum thing, and the guys always hated it just because I would put it in like all the time, whenever, just to piss them. Like I do with you two guys, I do the same thing with my band members. I like to piss them off. It's fun. That's what guys so, do. Yeah. So exactly, it's what guys do. So always <laughs> I never that. I never do that. I never do things <laughs> to piss people off. So That's all you do is piss people off. <laughs> So I, I have a habit of playing the middle lick to uh, um, Lakeside Park. I do that all the time. That's like, and it drives them fucking crazy. And I'll put it in at the most inopportune moment. Well, this one song that we we that's on our new record called Coming Home, and it's funny because this that part at the end I throw it in just as the fade out's going. And there, when I did it, I knew I could get away with it because we weren't going to ruin a good take. And I'm like, fuck you, I got them. So I did the whole thing at the end. Well, whenever I do that in rehearsal, because they know I don't like Poison, and they're not Poison fans either, but they know what drives me crazy, they'd start playing Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Like, and I, then that would be their version. And of then Mark it. would be like, yes, finally. <laughs> well, and, and Michael, on your gravestone, it's going to say, my only regret is that I'm still not here so I can piss you off. Exactly. <laughs> That's That'll be it. Wait, so, wait, yeah, wait, so pre-order, pre-order Left for Dead. Le- le- left, is- left for Dead's pre-order. Um, you, if you want links and information by that time, uh, you can check out Left for Dead on Facebook or Three Sides of the Coin. We're going to have all the information all over our th- Three Sides of the Coin stuff online. We'll be talking about it every week. Um, you know, we've we've heard the album. Obviously, it's a great old school metal classic metal record. I mean, it's what you'd expect from Mark. No keyboards. No, yeah. there's no keyboards <laughs> uh, again. And and it, look, I I know it's 
my music and the, the band I'm in and everything. But honest to God, because I've played it for quite a few people and uh, I've gotten, I, and I, trust me, I've played it for people who would tell me if they didn't think it was any good. And, and, uh, and, and, and everyone has said to a man how, how much they like it. And, and again, it's, it's really everything from, if you, you know, if you like Kiss, you'll love it. If you like Black Sabbath or Judas Priest, a lot of ACDC. Motorhead. Motorhead. It's very, it's very, like, like Michael said, I, I think the best genre, you could put it in is classic hard rock slash old school metal because it's nothing like modern speed metal or anything. But like we talk about on the show a lot, I mean, all our, we're all, you know, roughly the same age and what we grow up with we grew up with number of the beast and we grew up with british steel and you know we grew up with kiss alive and we grew up with highway to hell back in black and you know that's the stuff who made us what we are and and um so far so good so you know i hope you guys really like it and trust me just just as a musician and a songwriter and everything i, I good bad and different man the worst thing that could happen for me is to people ignore it. So, um, you know, I, would love to hear when you guys, uh, get a, you know, hear some of it. Matter of fact, I think in a couple of weeks, Mike, we, we're going to debut our video. We did yeah, a video yeah. For a, this has got an actual, a, mu- a real music video. Mark's Which hair is, cool. is teased up like this. <laughs> no, <it's not>. <laughs> <laughs> Makeup on are- eyeliner from Liz. Um, yeah. no, 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 they'll be, they'll be drums. What was that? <laughs> He's got bright green drums, lime yep. green drums. Yep. No. Uh, yeah, there'll be a music video premiere in a few weeks. The the album, when it's fully and finally released out and not on pre-order, you're going to be able to get it on iTunes and Amazon and and Spotify and Apple Music and Deezer and all all the online outlets you would look for any any band. Yeah, so very excited. I hope you guys dig it. Um, again, I, 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 I would. I want to get as much feedback as possible. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun to do this record too. I, I hope you guys will will check out some of the things. Mike was nice enough to uh, to help us out on that Pandora thing. You know, we told the songs behind, or excuse me, the stories behind the songs, and all three of us because it's a three man band yes just like rush that's what people is that like rush i'm like we don't sound like rush well i guess you could say parts of it sound like early rush well at least some of the drum parts that mark throws in (laughs) (laughs) so anyways um you know it's uh and it's funny too because when we were talking about doing a video um you know i've talked about how much of an aerosmith fan i am one of the I, i love the videos that aerosmith did and they're not popular videos, but I always like them. The ones they did for Rock in a Hard Place, or not Rock in a Hard Place, for uh, Night in the Ruts, like Chiquita. And they just, they was them in their rehearsal studio, and that's how they filmed them. So when, when it came for us uh, to, to film a video, I said, you know, I always like the way, because it was no bullshit. That's, that's, you know what, much like we were talking to Charlie about. And, and that's one of the reasons I guess I never got into hair metal or anything. What you're going to see is what we do. We go to rehearsal. We fucking play loud, and you get we, you get to see what shirt was in Mark's rotation yeah. the day the day he you filmed know, the video. It's just, it's just you know just three hard rock fans playing songs that they wrote that they like a lot. And um, yeah, you know the, well, the 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 cool thing about it is, and we've all had a band that has done this. 
tries to freshen up and update their sound, to stay with what they think the times are. And that never, ever works. And Left for Dead isn't trying to be some brand new metal band in 2020. Left for Dead is being a classic metal band that these guys grew up. We all grew up listening. Every band you've heard us talk about over the last, what, seven years on three sides, especially Mark. I mean, there, there, there was one section, I'll figure out how we can use it, but after we did the interview of the stories behind the songs, all three guys in the band just did this round table of, all right, in this song, we, we borrowed from, stole from, this band, this band, and this band. This song is this band, this band. This song is this band, this band, this band, and this band. It was really cool for me to sit there and listen to a band talk about their music like that, to hear the stories and hear the influences of it. So, you know, nobody sat there and said, oh, this song is uh, Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> right. Nope. And, and if you guys want to get to know Mark a little bit better of who he is as a person, this is a great way to do it because it's his heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And I actually like it. I'm you know, and I don't it. like a lot of his music, the stuff that he listens to. Well, yeah. you know, you, you, you liked it because as you were listening to it, you were looking at his band photo with his hair up like this and the makeup and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I thought I thought, the, I thought the exploding drumsticks were a little over the top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no, check 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 out Left for Dead. By the time this is out again, you you can get info from Three Sides of the Coin. You can get it face uh, on Facebook. Left for Dead's on Facebook. We will have the information everywhere. And so. and, and really quick, because the, uh, there are actually a few bands called Left for Dead. That's how stuck in our ways we were. We just went fuck it. It's our band name. Search, search, search for Left for Dead Detroit if you yes. if you're on Facebook, yeah. you'll find it. Yeah, that's again, that's how uh, we couldn't be any more true to who we are if we tried. Um, there's not a, there's not a. And I tell you what, that's some of the nice things that uh, I've heard because we finished this record last October. I haven't let anybody hear it. We've been sitting on it. Originally, we were going to press up vinyl and sell vinyl. And we also, too, we, we cut a couple of cover songs um, on it, too. And But, you know, for copyright things, we didn't want to put them on. I want to see how things do. Plus, we've got a really nice back catalog. You know, I'm going to cross all those bridges when we, they come. We, we did talk about the Left for Dead vault. It's quite quite hefty. <laughs> and you never know what kind of extra bonus Mark's going to slide in your vault purchase for you. There you right. Go. Coming to a seafood buffet near you. Exactly. Sponsored by KFC. Sponsored by Red Lobster <laughs> and KFC. Hold on. It's it's KFC for LFD is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that's that's the name of our record uh, because we couldn't think of anything really original. We, we call ourselves LFD. Everything, whenever we refer to the band, it's LFD, LFD. So, uh, you know, I tell you what, one thing that's really nice, a little kiss related, the the same person who designed Greatest Kiss did our album work. I want to say thank you to Mr. Spiro Papadato. So you guys all know Spiro, who uh, worked for yeah. for many years. Uh, great friend of mine. Um, and God bless him. He, he did a fantastic job on the cover art. So, um, 
nice little kiss connection there. But look, he's a great friend of mine too. But but Spiro did the cover art, and uh, you know, when you see the cover art, uh, if you if you've got a keen eye, you'll see that we ripped off one of our favorite, uh, the three of us, one of our favorite albums of all time. We we to tip the hat to that band, we we kind of copped a little bit of their album cover again like 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 michael was saying you know that's no different that's who we are man you know uh the saying is when you're songwriting is is and trust me you know gene and paul do the same thing if you listen to gene he's like oh when i wrote deuce i was trying to write brown sugar in reverse or Mm -hmm. no bitch in reverse from the rolling stones i was trying to steal some stones magic and steal this man you know i've always said because i've been writing songs since i was a teenager and music and lyrics and and what i i always say that you take a few grapes here a few grapes there and you make your own wine because if you do it well you, no one can tell where you took it from exactly oh you and and i would like to think that's that's part of the fun too whereas you can you can take a vibe you can take something and you won't know until i go Hey, did you you know that song? Li- well, yeah, listen listen to this section in our song yes. and then go listen to this deep purple and then you'll go, "Oh, I get it." Yeah. Yeah, you know, or you, you again, it's it's just a lot and trust me, that's what 99% of the people who there's nothing new under the sun as they say. Yeah, there's you only know. a limited number of notes you can play. <laughs> trust me, if you don't if you're an ACDC fan and you also have the Chuck Berry catalog You've heard a lot of that before. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people wear their influences on, on their sleeves, and you're going to hear some kiss, my friends. Yep. It's hard not to. Matter of fact, in, in the music video we did, because, like I said a, a few seconds ago, you know, we do cover everything from like a maiden esque tune to a song that's like Kiss or Aerosmith or ACDC. So you're going to get different flavors of that. And and, uh, and the video that we did is for a song called Rock and Roll Dogs, and that's got a very strong Kiss vibe. It's got a big chorus, and, you know, hopefully you guys dig it when, when it comes out. Cool. So so homework for this week, I think it's pretty obvious. Just play along with the game today. Tell us what yeah. you the three songs you would take off and the three songs you would add kiss alive and to kiss alive too pretty simple homework yeah. and a fun fun homework you can think about it think about it no cheating no cheating no changing the rules when you guys share your answers please kind of give us a little background as to why because that makes it so much more interesting to hear what your reasoning is behind what you're adding and removing and and, and or or you know if you don't want to do that comment on our choices yeah yeah, tell everybody how brilliant mine were and how dumb the other. How two how were, perfect so. it is to just get rid of side four of alive too. <laughs> that was actually pretty brilliant, Mike. I didn't even think yeah. about going. So, kudos to you. Um. All right. So you guys know where to go. Three sides of the coin dot com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. And that's it. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I think we got a guest next week as well. We're kind of on a roll here for guests. Yep. All right, everybody. Oh, that's it. oh yeah. Thank you, Charlie. He was awesome. Oh, was yes. oh, definitely. You know, it's it's Charlie's cool. a good dude. It's cool getting his perspective and just hearing from another geeky kiss fan. 
Yeah. Yep. All right. That's it, everybody. Three sides of the coin. We're out. Love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks. Download your free free copy of the KISS School of Marketing. 11 Lessons I Learned Working with KISS. The number one downloaded business book on Noise Trade. Go to books.noisetrade.com slash Michael Brandvold. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. So you love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.